from my perspective, a church is a church, um, regardless of its size, shape, expression. Um, and that's really what we're talking about here. Um, so when someone says to me, uh, we're, we're planting a dinner church, I want to hear from them what they mean by dinner church. the Reimagine Mission Podcast, where we share stories of new missional possibilities. Our guests are pastors, practitioners, and missional thinkers whose stories and theological reflections will challenge, encourage, and equip you to explore new missional possibilities in your neighbourhood. Welcome to the Reimagine Mission podcast. Uh, today we're doing something a little bit different on the podcast. Uh, today I have a couple of guests with me. Uh, Jamie Freeman, who is the head of mission at the New South Wales Baptist Association. Uh, Jamie's been a church planter and, and is uh, heading up a simple church network in New South Wales. So Jamie, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you with us today. Thanks, Andrew. It's great to be here. And uh, you probably missed out on my most important titles, which is as a husband and as a father and uh, coach of the under seven pandas for the mighty Coleroy Chroma Strikers. But yes, it's great to be here. <laughs> That's awesome. That's very good. Well, it's, it's really good to have you on the podcast today. Our first interstate guest, which uh, is fantastic. Woohoo! And, uh, and also here on the podcast, you just heard, uh, is uh, Jono Ingram. Now, Jono's been a guest on the podcast before, so he's known to many of our podcast listeners as Placemaker uh, out in the northwestern suburbs uh, of Melbourne. He's also a social entrepreneur and planter of a new missional dinner church, which is uh, quite a fascinating venture. And so we're going to have a conversation today around this whole idea of dinner churches, simple churches, um, missional communities, all those sorts of micro churches that are taking place. And so, yeah, today we're doing something a little bit different, aren't we, Jono? Yeah. yeah. It was interesting, Andrew. You and I, were we've had numerous conversations, I suppose, particularly over the last 12 months or so, um, about how there's a, a growing movement, I guess, in the church, particularly in the Western Western world, but it'd be interesting to know if anyone's heard things in other parts of the world as well. But there's a growing movement of people who are looking to be missional in their neighbourhood who are um, thinking about community and thinking about reaching out to their community. And they seem to be, uh, at least in some places, increasingly attracted towards small and slow expressions of church. Um, and so you already named a few of them um, there, Andrew, but, you know, the, the term microchurch or dinner church or missional community where where that's not a, a subset of a larger church, that is the ecclesial expression. Uh, the missional community is the, the primary organising structure of the church. Um, yeah, dinner church, microchurch, missional community, uh, help me out here, simple church. Are there any other names that I'm missing that people might know this by? Oh, we're seeing um, workplace churches, um, public space churches, um, online churches. And and there's this push towards, or this is what I'm looking at, oh, this is what I'm observing, there's a bit of a, a push among people who are, who are trying to reach out to their neighbourhoods and their communities and be missional, and they're attracted to these small expressions of church, these simple expressions of church. Is that what you're seeing in New South Wales, 
Jamie as well. Yeah, and I think um, in COVID, uh, we're seeing this almost uh, as a response to to what's happening more broadly anyway. So people can't gather in larger churches and they're more local than they've ever been, uh, at least in New South Wales and Victoria, it's even more so. But because they're more connected to place, um, they are asking questions around what it means to uh, follow Jesus and gather together as a community in this place at this time. And so I think it's a conversation that has been happening um, increasingly over the years, but that that's only going to grow exponentially as we look uh, towards the church of the future. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, here in, here in Victoria, right? Like we've got a five kilometer radius at the moment <laughs> in stage four lockdown, like yeah, hyper local. Definitely. But even outside of COVID too, um, or before COVID, um, that's definitely been a, a, a trend that, that we've seen here. It's really interesting. So, so Jamie, you, you've obviously had some experience with this up in New South Wales. I mean, you mentioned, you know, a few different types of churches um, that you're seeing. Like realistically, I mean, how do you frame, how do you frame dinner as church? Like, you know, I mean, I, I love having dinner. I, I love having dinner with some of my friends. I, I love having groups of people around for dinner. But, but what defines dinner church? And, and maybe, Jono, I mean, you're, you're thinking about starting that. Maybe, maybe you can both comment around what you see, what you imagine and what you've seen in that, in that whole area. From my perspective, a church is a church, um, regardless of its size, shape, expression, um, and that's really what we're talking about here. Um, so when someone says to me, uh, we're, we're planting a dinner church, I want to hear from them what they mean by dinner church. Um, and so, yes, it could just be someone having dinner or it could be dinner church. So I'm looking for um, the, the elements of what constitutes a church behind that, so not just the way in which it's expressed. Um, so, and, and that would apply more broadly across uh, a range of different expressions of, of church. But, Jorah, did you want to comment specifically on dinner church? Well, well I was just going to say that that's the, that is what you just said. That is the, the question that uh, is the, the starting point of this conversation in everything I've read and, and all the people I've spoken to is, is that, you know, I guess uh, Neil Cole in his book um, Organic Church, I think it is, mm, yeah. uh, he sort of looks at it. I know um, Brian Sanders in Microchurches looks at it and it's this, this first question of going, well, if we're looking at church and, and small, like what is the smallest expression? What is the, what is the smallest DNA, if you like? If you're going to pull it back down to the DNA, what is, what is it at its crux, at its very base? Because then there's room to experiment off that base in any and every direction you like, one of them being around dinner, right? But it comes back to that, what's actually at the, what's actually at, at the baseline of what it is to be the church? Um, mm -hmm. And that's, that's the primary question to begin with, right? Yeah, yeah. So got an answer? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can answer how other people answer it. Well, um, and I've got, know, others. I've got my own thoughts too, James. Yeah, or, or even, you know, I mean, you're thinking about starting or you are starting one, you have started one, Jono, and so, you know, like, and, and Jamie, you've seen some of these expressions. Like what does it boil down to, you know, for those who uh, may be thinking about, okay, you've, pre you, you know, you've pricked my interest here, um, what does it boil down to? I mean, are there, what's the irreducible minimum that I have to mm. do to make dinner church rather yeah. than just dinner? 
And, and for us, it's three things. It's worship, community, and mission. That's, that's what we say. It's, it's, those, it's those three things, those three elements, worship, community, and mission, at where the same group of people do all three, um, where we're not, uh, you know, doing worship with one group of people and doing community with another group of people and doing mission with another. But that's the base. Now, what worship looks like, that's open for interpretation. But I, I would say it includes, um, you know, re- reflections, on living a life in the way of Jesus, um, as as we read in Scripture, uh, it would include prayer. Um, for us, we have a bit of a, a, a contemplative kind of approach to some of our spirituality uh, and our prayer life and that sort of thing. But but I'd say it's that connection with God uh, and with one another together with God. But yeah, and, and I think it it's got to involve reading of of the Scriptures and and focusing on the life of Jesus. Uh, and um, uh, and and prayer, and then yeah, community, getting together, being together, being in community, bearing one another's burdens. There's a whole lot of conversation around what it means to be a community of people together, and then the same group of people who are on mission. Um, that's kind of that's what we think is the is the base. That's really good, Jamie. Have you got anything you uh, want to? Well, I think, yeah, what, what Jono spoke about would be consistent with what you uh, read from most authors in this space, that they would talk about worship, community, mission. Some might add discipleship, but essentially that if you're going to reduce it uh, to the bare minimum, it's those three or four components and that they can be expressed in a whole bunch of different ways. So it's in particular, I find it really helpful to um, coach people through developing their definition of what that looks like. Uh, that they go back to scripture to to think about, well, what is worship? How will we define that? And then how will we live that out? Because by having a shared definition, um, that then develops shared practices. Um, and, and when you're doing that, you're then building in accountability. Um, so in a traditional church, people by default um, would define worship often as the singing moment. Uh, but as Jono said, that could be reimagined into contemplative prayer, it could be uh, reimagined into um, reading poems, reading and writing poems of praise like the Psalms. There's a whole bunch of ways that that could be expressed. And you might say this is the one way, or we might express that in, in lots of different ways. So that process, I think, of um, coaching people through defining and, and, and developing a shared expectation of what that looks like in their particular community uh, that reflects the rhythms of their neighbourhood is is really important. But it's interesting, like, so you, you asked originally, Andrew, that question about dinner church, and there's a really interesting book called um, We Will Feast uh, by Kendall Vanderslice, which is, uh, uh, she says, rethinking dinner, worship, and the community of God. Uh, yeah, she talks about then how you can, form some of those practices of, of worship, uh, community, mission at, at a table so that you can actually use the table and the, the act of eating with people to, um, to do all of those things, uh, to eat in, eat in a worshipful way, to incorporate uh, liturgy or prayer or study of the word through the, through the meal. But, but she really talks about, it's fascinating, talks about how the meal um, the Lord's Supper, right, or communion or the Eucharist, whatever you want to want to call it, that's kind of the the crux of our faith in an action, right? That is the 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 one one of the the key symbols at the center of our faith is that meal, 
and and all that it represents. And so she actually talks about how eating that meal embodies our faith. And if we extend it out over a period of hours, over a, a big meal, using that meal in such a way that we would embody um, the very things that we usually state over a small cracker or a, and a little gra- glass of juice, you know, we start to embody it as we eat together. Uh, and then depending on who you invite to tables, challenges you to embody that further in conversation with people that you perhaps wouldn't invite over for a dinner party, let's say. Fascinating book, but it's really interesting to, to see how the table, in the, in the case of people who are interested in dinner churches, how the table can really form your spiritual life, not just be a not just be an expression of our life, but actually something that forms our faith and our life. And I think when we have these three or four components, so worship, community, mission, and or discipleship, we don't need to start with all of them at once, but uh, bouncing out of what Jono was saying in terms of a group of people gathering together around the table, as they open scripture, they'll begin to lean into all of these other elements because yeah. as we open scripture uh, and we read through the Psalms or we hear Paul's prayers or whatever it is, we are drawn to this place of worship. Um, and then we ask, well, what does that look like for the rest of our lives? And um, we read about this God who um, is at work in his world and invites us to join him. And so then we do that. So I think um, we don't need to start with all of those things. And, and what, what I often find is that, that churches gradually emerge out of one of those core elements. Uh, there was a church in uh, a country town in New South Wales um, and it was a traditional church that wrapped up and um, as part of that process, um, a few of us met with the uh, former leaders there and um, what was going on uh, at the same time as our meeting was that there was a soup kitchen happening. And um, one of the questions that we posed was, well, what's God already doing here uh, and what does it look like to build from this place? Because God is clearly at work um, amongst this uh, community uh, through people from the church bringing connection um, and uh, seeing people who uh, could be going without actually uh, joining together around the table and having a meal together. So what does it look like then to incorporate um, discipleship in, into this space um, or to provide uh, an opportunity for those to do a Bible study together or meet in, in little groups to, to process faith and life together? And what does it look like to potentially add in a worship element into this space? And that act, church will emerge from, from, that, um, from that group, I think. Um, and and the, that's, that's quite often what we see in these simple churches, these micro churches, is that um, they might start off with one of the functions, but what emerges is hopefully a church through that process of coaching, I think, and, and opening up the scriptures. So do you have that sort of relationship then with the leaders of those simple churches, micro churches, dinner churches? So you have some sort of coaching relationship with them where you help them identify some of these different things, ensure that, you know, I guess they're thinking about how they do this along the way. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So we have, um, if, if a church, um, comes through the church planting process, they get assigned um, a coach, which will help them work through that. Uh, And that 
obviously also requires developing a mission plan. So there's already a level of intentionality around that. Mm. But there's also we have a simple church network where um, people who are exploring these fresh expressions can uh, join. And as part of that process, we ask them these reflective questions. Uh, They meet with other practitioners in this iron sharpens iron space, and they also can get coaching through that as well. So, yeah. Just thinking about what you were saying, Jamie, about how church kind of emerges, I think that that's one of the attractive points to people who are passionate about mission and seeing people who have not engaged in churches in the past or, or, or what we might call de-church, the ones who have engaged in churches in the past but have left for whatever reason. I think that's one of the things that the... Um, the simple church, the micro church, the dinner church movements offer those people is that flexibility to uh, see something emerge with the people you have, as opposed to trying to get people to fit into something that already exists. Um, you can journey alongside people and, and things emerge the way you engage in mission, the way you engage in worship, the way you engage in community with one another emerges more organically, to use Neil Cole's title of his book, more organically than, than, than potentially happens in a lot of more established churches that, that have structures and complexities, the difference between simple church and, and other churches is simple and complex, there's complex overlays of how, it, how another church might operate and therefore there's more rigidity and less flexibility to change and adapt as people come and engage with you. Whereas in these simpler expressions, you're, you're running off a real baseline and then able to adapt and change and, and flow. There's more fluidity. Bearing all that in mind, is there, is there some sort of, I don't know, theological base for this? I mean, I know you, know, you can say, oh, well, a man's got to eat or a person's got to eat or Jesus ate, you know, around tables and, you know, discussions took place. But for people who are really thinking about this as and and people are thinking about these types of churches these days um i think more than ever is it is it even biblical like i, I mean i've heard that i've heard that type of question come up is is this even biblical what do you guys say to that sort of that sort of question i was going to say i think it's a really good question and an important question to ask um, and, and shouldn't be met with defensiveness but curiosity. Mm. And I think on both sides it needs to be met with curiosity because I know uh, a number of traditional churches uh, that if we were to define uh, the church uh, through the lens of worship community yeah. mission and discipleship that aren't actually fulfilling those functions. Yeah. So um, is it even biblical? Yeah, yeah, so is it even biblical? So I think on both sides rather than... Um, uh, viewing them as opposites, there's. I think if it's approached through curiosity, we can actually um, learn from one another what it means to be the church um, in different ways. Uh, some people are drawn towards institutions, and others are drawn towards relationships, mm. and and that that's okay. You know, I think in Australia we we are seeing a cynicism towards institutions uh, over recent years. We're seeing a drop in volunteerism and all of that. So uh, I do think that there is a place for these simple micro expressions of church, but rather than seeing them as against one another, I think approaching that question with curiosity enables both groups to learn what it means to be the church in this season. Uh, And also reflecting on the idea that um, 
Nowhere did Jesus say, thus I command you, go and plant churches. Mm-hmm. Um, but that church planting is this thing that emerged and became best practice as the gospel went out. Like Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Uh, as you go, disciple, teach people, incorporate them into community. And, and so as they did that, we saw new churches emerge, um, of which we see glimpses of that described throughout the book of Acts and then uh, in Paul's letters. Uh, so uh, I think um, we need to hold all of that really, really lightly uh, with a posture of curiosity. Uh, but even if we look through, and I think missiologist um, Paul Hibbert talks about uh, this, this idea of the church emerging in stages and that there was this embryonic church where Jesus gathered um, with his disciples, with the few. Um, and then after the Great Commission, uh, we see it change and then we see the, um, the Jerusalem Council and, again, another shift in what it meant to organise as the church. So, um Going back to something that Jono said earlier, there is this element of fluidity that we see in the New Testament and what does it look like to allow that uh, fluidity and diversity of expression now I think is really, really important. And I think too we, we forget that um, what the, the expression of church that many of us have potentially grown up in or, or experienced is a, um, is a product of culture. Uh, it's a product of the culture that uh, white Western people have lived in for the last two, three, four hundred years. Um, that's why we sing. That's in the way that we sing. That's why we sing the songs that we sing. That's why we preach the way that we preach. It's why we do Bible studies, the way we do Bible studies. To, to think that, um, to look at the church and to not view it through the lens of culture, I think is um, is a miss. Uh, it is. It is a product of culture. There's nothing mm. wrong with it being a product of culture, however. Um, but uh, that's where I love the words of Global Interaction uh, who talk about their mission as cross-cultural missionaries is to empower local communities to develop their own distinctive ways of following Jesus. Where, where the crux of all of that is the following Jesus thing. You're a group of people following Jesus. And then the other element of what Global Nourish should say is that and view it through a lens of culture. Through it, view it through as you seek to follow Jesus, recognize what you read in scripture was written in a culture by people of that culture. Uh, and they're interpreting it through their culture. And we interpret what they've written through our culture and try to understand their culture and then apply it back to our culture. There's a whole lot of contextualization and and cultural overlays that go on that as, as we're reading it. It is quite complex um, in, in that way. And so to look at one thing, whether that be a simple expression or a more complex expression and say, well, that is biblical or that is not biblical without understanding um, the overlays of culture, I think is to miss something in the whole conversation. You've been listening to the Reimagined Mission podcast. In our next episode of the podcast, we're going to continue our conversation with Jono and Jamie and delve down a little bit into the driving force behind these simple or micro expressions of church. But we'll also talk about how they're designed to inhabit different spaces and how that makes them uniquely different from more complex forms of church. I really hope 
you join us as we explore those things in our next podcast. and resources around reimagining mission in your neighbourhood, visit the Baptist Union of Victoria website at www.buv.com.au and remember to like and follow the Reimagine Mission podcast on Facebook and Instagram. The Reimagine Mission podcast is a production of the Baptist Union of Victoria. Your host was Andrew Hill. Production is by Leah Coombs and Jono Ingram and our executive producer is Gail Hill. Our theme music on this week's podcast was Come Rain by Andy Naylor.